On tonight's episode of the podcast, we talk Italy's victory at the Euro Cup Finals, Tampa Bay hoisting up the Stanley Cup. We also look into the NBA Finals, catch up on the John Deere Classic, look at the American Century Championship, and a new top 10. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. Sunday, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the podcast. Lots to cover on today's show. I know usually I air a podcast uh, episode on Saturdays. Well, today I decided to make a little change. Didn't air, uh, record an episode yesterday, recording an episode today. So, a little day late. I'm still going to be doing my regular routine as I usually do on Saturdays. Um, just a little tweak. I did do my five picks. I announced them on my Instagram page. This morning of the five games I was going with and my winners or my predicted winners. Um, so those are on there. So you can check it out at drainingjimmies.podcast. So the five games I went with were uh, Bucks and Suns, which is currently going on as we record this episode. Euro Cup Finals, uh, which happened today and I'll be discussing that final uh, later on in the episode with Italy versus England. Red Sox and the Phillies, White Sox and the Orioles. And we had the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks for uh, my fifth and final game. I went with Italy for the win. I went with the Bucks for the win. I went with my Red Sox, White Sox, and the Diamondbacks for Ws. So I'll discuss those on the next episode, except for the Euro Cup final. I will be discussing that today because that did go on earlier. Plus with uh, the Game 3 of the NBA Finals going on. I'll have to have another discussion about that, and I will be discussing about the last two games of the NBA Finals because uh, it has been interesting. The Suns are playing pretty well, and the Bucks are, you know, we kind of need to see what the Bucks can do. But they're back in Milwaukee tonight uh, playing, so definitely going to be an interesting game, a do-or-die game for Giannis and his Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, last episode, I nicknamed it Finals Week. Um, because we had a lot of stuff going on. Semifinals, quarterfinals, finals concluding. We had Wimbledon men's finals complete today. We had women's finals yesterday. Euro Cup finals were today. The Stanley Cup finals were going on earlier on uh, in the week. The NBA finals is currently going on right now. So my last episode was named uh, It's Finals Week. So that's kind of coming near to the end. Because basically when tomorrow goes... We're not too far away from the All-Star game, and basically all we'll have left is the NBA Finals. Wimbledon has concluded. We're a couple weeks away from the Olympics kicking off, which is what we're all excited about. Uh, So get ready for that. My top 10 tonight will be in reference to the Olympics, so make sure you tune into that. So lots of stuff, again, going on today. So we'll go on with the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, it has concluded. Tampa Bay has won their second cup in a row, third one in this century, uh, the 21st century. They won uh, earlier on in the 2000s. Uh, and here we are again. Uh, now, this team, the format was different for the playoffs, as you saw last year compared to this year. And Tampa Bay was still able to win. Now, they won five, uh, four to one 
uh, in the series. They're winning the last game in Tampa, one to nothing. And you know what? Uh, there was nothing wrong with what Montreal did. They played what they could do, but you saw, like I stated multiple times through the series, the experience versus the youth between the two teams. Now, Montreal, Montreal has a bright future until you start paying those bright futures for that. So we'll see how it goes. Plus, can that young core, you know, keep up with, well, more likely the other way around. Sorry, I should re- re- rephrase this. Can Carey Price, because he's now in his prime, playing very well, but at one point, age will be the factor. Can his age be able to keep up with that young core and still be a factor? He did help carry this team, but at the same time, too, experience versus uh, youth definitely came into factor with these Stanley Cup finals. Um, We saw what Tampa's going to do. Now, is Tampa going to be the same team as we saw before this season? Probably not. As you know, Tampa Bay was over uh, $18 million in the salary cap. So some changes are going to be happening. So the front office of Tampa Bay is going to be doing some, you know, reworking of some players. Some players may get traded. Some players might get moved, bought out. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Because again, this is where now the salary cap becomes a factor uh, for the Stanley, uh, for the NHL. For most teams, uh, a lot of teams have experienced cap issues and some players become cap casualties. So we'll see how it goes. Will we see the end of Stamkos, uh, Kucherov, you have Point, you have Coleman, you have Vaskaleski, you have a lot of players on this roster and a lot of key pieces for this core. But is it time to say goodbye to that core? Is it time to say, you know, so long, farewell? We got our two cups and we did it in an era where kind of the rules did change. Uh, They definitely made some changes there that kind of benefited teams like Tampa Bay when you have so much money working in the cap. Uh, so, you know, a lot of things are changing. The season is going to be going back to the way it was come this year. Uh, as you know, restrictions are being lifted, especially here in Canada. So we'll see how everything turns out come the season. Uh, I don't want this to take away from Tampa Bay's win. I, I don't. Listen, what they did was incredible. Back to back. The only team we've seen to do that right now in the salary cap era was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and you know what? Tampa Bay joins a group uh, when we're looking there at Pittsburgh, Chicago, LA, uh, and also now Tampa as the teams to win multiple cups in the salary cap era, which has been difficult to do. Uh, now, they're going to be one of those casualties. Can they rework everything in their system to make it friendly, make it more doable. That way they can keep this core. It's possible. Um, I can't say it's going to happen, but things can work out. Uh, So they'll definitely have to make some moves, some trades. But we'll see how it goes. But again, congratulations to Tampa, what they have done. Uh, The score was just unbelievable. This, This is what they were doing. This is what we were expecting Tampa to do years ago. And I remember talking about this in early episodes of when I started the podcast. This is what we were expecting Tampa to do. This is what we thought they were going to do a few years ago. We thought when the years that Pittsburgh had won the Cups, that Tampa was on the way to that, to win it. Um, But we finally saw that here. I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, Tampa Bay uh, last year, you know, they had the COVID this, this made changes. At the end of the day, I know I talked, I had an episode about asterisk and what I should be labeling it as. Yes, they still won the Cup. Uh, Yes, they won changes. Guess what? This year, the format kind of still changed a little bit as well. And they still were able to win. 
So we see it here as well. And they faced a hot team that, you know, was, you know, considered to possibly winning the Stanley Cup. Yes, many people did think that Montreal could beat Tampa, that they thought that Tampa can handle the young core, the the, the wall of Carey Price, because we saw what Carey Price was doing to teams. We saw him stand on his head against Toronto. We saw what he, they did to Winnipeg. And we also saw with Vegas as well. But the thing is, Montreal didn't really face a strong offensive power and an all-around stronger team. Nothing against Toronto. We know what Toronto's capable of doing. We know they have their weaknesses, especially when trying to show up in the uh, playoffs, especially the first round. Uh, and also then... You know, they face Winnipeg, a team that, you know what, they, they were a good team. They sh on paper, they were better than Montreal, unfortunately. They were not able to capitalize, and we saw what uh, Carey Price and that team was able to do. We saw Carey Price carry this team through the playoffs. Now, when it came to the Stanley Cup, again, like I've mentioned on previous episodes before, it's all about the experience and everything going through. And again, earlier on in this episode, I did talk about the, the growth or the potential with Montreal. And the, the future is there. They have a young core that they can go and build around. And they have some cap space to help, you know, bolster that roster. So we'll see how everything goes this offseason. We'll see how everything moves on in the next season with this young Canadians team. They are a good team. They are going to be strong. We'll see how well they compete. Now the question is, if everything is returning to normal this NHL season, will they be able to produce what they did? Are they going to be similar to what the Miami Heat were last year? You know, you get there, you were a surprise team, you did very well in the scenario, but can they be the same when the season resumes to its normal self? They're going to be against Toronto, they'll be facing Boston, we know that in the regular season, but when it gets to the wild card and everything going there, will it be the exact same? Will the playoff format be the same? Will everything be there? And the fact is, spending and trading and getting, you know, veterans to help bolster this team we saw Perry do very well with this team with and you know stall as well so we'll see how everything goes with this young Montreal team but a lot of questions need to be answered and we saw you know the cap space what they have to spend so it's going to be interesting and again players also have to get paid can they sustain this young core as well for future to help them win we'll see and you know what the cap will be going up there will be changes especially with fans coming back uh you know travel coming back to canada you know you see the nhl start to grow again and we'll see what the tv deal with espn does as well because that help grow uh the salary cap a little bit so we'll just see it's going to be a waiting game it's going to be exciting uh, but we'll see what the new format is and it's the same with tampa again tampa's got some money issues going into this off season it's going to go you know could this be the last time we see the score together? It's possible. It's all about, you know, can you manage your team under this cap? They got what they were. They got their Stanley Cup. They got their back-to-back. -back. So we'll see how this works out. Uh, but this offseason for the NHL will be very interesting. And, you know, money is playing a factor. Well, the final round of the John Deere Classic is now done. I know usually Saturdays I discuss the first three rounds, but I'm going to discuss the whole tournament as well. Uh, surprising victory uh, today, uh, Lucas Glover, uh, you know, a name that you haven't heard from in a long, long time, but he did win today. Uh, congratulations to him on winning the John Deere Classic. 
I will be discussing another tournament that went on as well uh, t today, or actually this weekend. Uh, but overall, um, Canadians, eh, they did okay. Uh, top Canadian was Nicholas Taylor uh, with 11 under. Uh, Roger Sloan with plus one. And David Hearn with a seven under. Uh, Gillick did not make the cut. Uh, sadly, Sloan did not have a good day. Finished plus six. Brought him down to a plus one for the tournament. Um, but going back to Glover. Now, when I was looking at it yesterday... Uh, with the third round preparing for the show, you had guys like Lucas List, Scott Brown, all having tremendous days at the tournament. So you were thinking, hmm, where are they going to go? Uh, but you're looking at the list here. Um, well, Luke List still had a good day, finished at 16-3 back of the lead. But Lucas Glover had the best round of everyone today in securing it going into it. So he finished with 7-under for the round today and finishing 19-under, which gave him a two-shot lead over Ryan Moore. He jumped up 11 spots uh, to take that. He started at 11th today, and it brought him up to uh, first. Uh, Moore, who played very well, was going into it uh, very well with the weekend, with the nice shots, um, but Kevin Na as well. And then you had some other uh, players. Seamus Powers played pretty well, Cameron Percy, Harold Vollmer the third, Sean O'Hare, uh, but you know what? Some names that you're not probably used to hearing, uh, because while well, we're getting ready for the British Open, and as you know, Wednesday will be my British Open special, like I do for all my golf majors. Do a little special before that, talking about you know the course and everything, and you know the tournament, the history, everything as we're getting ready to go for the big event. Because well, this is the first. British Open that we've had in two years so we'll see how everything goes and it's playing at the Royal St. George so it's always going to be exciting uh, as well uh, but another tournament that was happening uh, on the weekend not really a PGA event it's more of a celebrity tournament the American Century Championship uh, it's happened years before and it's going on at Lake Tahoe at the resorts there uh, big event and it's a big celebrity event athletes movie stars everyone is usually there it's always a big one. Uh, Annika Storriston was playing in it this weekend. If you don't know who she is, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, female PGA golfer of all time. Uh, just remarkable. One of the top golfers to ever play the sport. Uh, but overall, the tournament's always fun to watch because you get to see people trying to play this game. And you know what? This game isn't easy. There's a lot of people like, oh, it's just golf. You just walk and hit a ball. It's more complicated than that, but it is a lot of fun to watch. Um, Vinny Del Negro, if you don't know him, the former NBA player, uh, won it, uh, finished with, finishing with 69 points. Now I'm saying points, why? Because, well, the point system is different. So basically, when you're looking at it, here's no plus, minus, or anything. Uh, when you're looking at it here, they have a system. So a double eagle is worth 10, uh, hole in one is worth 8 points, eagle is 6. Birdie is three points, par is one point, bogey are zero points, double bogey is negative two. Uh, and it's good to see. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So 69 points is pretty, very good for how well he played. Um, and many athletes are in this. So like I said, I mentioned uh, Del Negro, uh, John Smoltz, if you don't know him, uh, Jack Wagner, Joe Pawlowski, uh, San Jose Shark, Mike Madonna, who actually had an albatross. Now, if you don't know what an albatross is, it's the double eagle. Uh, that is worth the most amount of points. And I know some of you are like, well, what about the hole-in-one? Well, a hole-in-one is technically, you know, technically you get hole-in-ones on par threes, which they're worth, you know, which is two under. 
uh, albatrosses are three under, they're three under par uh, when you look at it. So a lot of athletes were in this. Tim Wakefield, Del Curry, the Curry family was in there. Uh, actor Michael Pina, uh, David Wells, former pitcher, Derek Lowe, Brian McCann, a lot of baseball players here because baseball players have a lot of fun. Uh, football players, uh, we have Robbie Gold, we have Doug Peterson, Jerome Bettis, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, a lot of Brian Erlacher, Golden Tate was in here, uh, but a lot of fun. Greg Maddox, if you don't know who he is, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Uh, Joe Theismann, if you don't know, uh, Brian Kelly, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Buck, the announcer, Marcus Allen, former football player, uh, Rob Riggle, who's comedian and an actor. Uh, who else do we have here? Uh, Brian Baumgartner, if you don't know him, he's from The Office. He plays in this tournament very, very often. And then when you go to down the layer, you start getting to those athletes that are in the negative. Um, no Charles Barkley at the bottom. He's kind of been improving. If you've been seeing his swings, you see that he's improved a little bit. Uh, he finished with a negative 28 for the three rounds. The bottom spot went to Al Michaels. Yes, the sports announcer for uh, NBC. And you have Ray Romano, the comedian, finishing at minus 60. Uh, well, actually, Al Michaels finished with a negative 85. And Ray Romano with a negative 60 for his points. But overall, it's always a fun, exciting tournament to see uh, as well. So it's always, again, exciting. You see the uh, fans always there. You see people parking their boats alongside of the course. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was there throwing football fan, footballs to the fans. Steph Curry was making shots from the holes. It's it's always a fun, fun to see um, those types of people, celebrities, out of their element, uh, having fun interacting, you know, just relaxing and just being themselves, which is always fun to see. Um, now I'm going to go back to the John Deere because I want to have that little blip about the American Century Championship. Again, congratulations to Lucas Glover. It has been a while since he has succeeded on the course. Um, we all know that, but he has been great in the last few years. But you know what? <clears throat> Yet a remarkable, remarkable uh, uh, weekend, or actually remarkable Sunday. Basically, you're, when you're talking about it and when you look at golf and everything, Golf, yes, there is the four rounds. Sometimes you can win uh, golf tournaments on that first day. It all depends on how the field is playing. But Lucas Glover played extremely well on the final round and took advantage of it because he was aggressive. He was exactly what it is. Now, this is his third uh, PGA victory in his career, which is very uh, good. It's definitely, it's hard to win on this course. It really, really is really hard to win on this course. We've seen it. We've seen Jordan Spieth uh, experience difficulties. We've seen JT, Jason Day, you know, Roy McIlroy. A lot of guys have experienced difficulty trying to win on golf courses and on this tournament. It is tough. Some never actually win tournaments uh, when they play in their career. That's true. Uh, one golfer just happened this past year, didn't win his first tournament until he was actually on the senior PGA. And he'd been playing 30 years uh, professional golf and didn't win his first victory. It it can take a toll. It can beat you on this. So it is a it's a hard thing to win. That's what it is. I know Tiger, Jack, a lot of golfers who have double digit wins make it look easy. But there are some golfers that don't go through that go through their whole entire career without a W. So 
But uh, we are leading into the British Open. I did mention in this segment a little bit that we're getting ready for that. So again, Wednesday, I'll talk more about golf. It's my golf special. So look forward to that. I'm always looking forward to talking more golf. So uh, tune into Wednesday's episode of uh, the British Open. It is a special for that, like I do for all the golf majors again. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it and hope you guys enjoy it as well. Well, the Euro Cup is now officially over with. Uh, today was the finals. We saw the matchup, and a lot of people were expecting a underdog to win the tournament. We know how powerful and how successful Italy has been when it comes to the finals, whether it's at the world stage or at the Euro stage. We know how successful they have been uh, when winning and competing in the finals. So here we are, Italy versus England. A lot of people thought it was going to be England getting to it. And yes, I'm saying that a lot of people did. They had the home field advantage. They were playing at their their, their home court. You know, in Italy, you know, we know how well they successful they can be. It was a good match. I'm not going to take away anything from it. England got onto the board early, winning right away with Luke Shaw's goal at the second minute. Uh, the one thing I did notice is yellow cards were being handed out left, right, and center uh, with this, with Italy with five yellow cards, England with a couple of themselves. Uh, now, again, it was a good match. Strong defensive. You, you saw that. It was 1-1 going into the extras, and then it led to penalties, which led to the winner of the Euro Cup. But again, it was a good match. You know, a lot of people thought England jumping out early, perfect. This is what they wanted. They got off and got them off to their start. Again, soccer is a 90-minute sport. Well, can be a little bit longer, depending on, on extra time. Uh, but we had Leonardo Bonanucci scoring in the 67th minute, tying up the match. And that's how it remained until we got to the end of the extra times, which was an extra 30 minutes. But again, uh, they did take their shots, they took their advantages, but it definitely showed that each team was more focused on defensive than more trying to be aggressive. Italy, with the final minutes, had the ball control and possession. You saw them push it forward within the last few minutes of the match, trying to get through and get their goal so they wouldn't have to go to penalties. And don't get me wrong, a lot of teams want to ignore penalties. They don't want to try to get there because anything can happen. It can. We've, we've seen it happen before. A lot of teams can just win it, and that's how it's done. And some people don't like how penalties determine a final. I know a lot of people who don't really watch soccer do not like the fact that a penalty shot can determine a championship, a, a match. That's how it basically looks like. So when we're looking at it here again, I'm however you win, you win. That's how you're looking at it. So we're gone to penalties, and Italy was victorious. We saw that. They won 3-2 to two when it came to their penalties. And Italy was, again, the better team. It was good for England to force it and get to this point, but they had to take advantage and try and get that extra goal. They had to be a little bit... They should have been more aggressive trying to get there. Uh, but overall, it was a good match. I was, I was, I enjoyed it. Um, I caught... I, I was watching back and forth a little bit, uh, trying to keep up with the highlights on my phone as well. Um... And then I caught near the end with the final extras. It's sometimes tough when you're trying to do your podcast and get its research done at the same time too, working your full-time job. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Uh, but overall, congratulations to Italy on winning the Euro Cup. I wish it was Portugal there trying to succeed, but you know you can't always win every championship. But again, congratulations to Italy. It was a good match. Uh, now we're on to the World Cup, which is about a, less than a year away. So we'll be seeing that here, or I believe 2022 
in our winter time is, or is when it's going to be happening. That's what the plan is. As we get closer and closer to World Cup, I will keep you updated with that because, well, it's a big event. It's the world stage. Here we are, excited to watch it. Uh, but it is going to be a lot of fun um, with that. And we also have the success here. Uh, we're not too far away from Confederation Cup, which means more soccer as well, plus the return of English Premier League, La Liga, Series A, uh, Portugal, German. Uh, we all are getting ready to that because we're not too far off from when that's kicking off again. Uh, and also you have the Nations Cup as well, basically same style which is going to be exciting too. So that's a lot. So soccer is slowly making its comeback. Euro Cup definitely made that buffer through. And then we have the World Cup kicking off next year, which is going to be another big tournament. And we're not too far away from the Euro Cup coming to North America as well. So that's also going to be exciting too. So looking forward to that. So definitely going to be having a lot of fun when that comes to North America, but that is still ways away. But again, uh, one last time, congratulations to Italy winning it. They were definitely the best team in this tournament. Uh, they definitely succeeded well with their offense and their defense. So it was definitely well-deserved with them. I know some people are going to say, well, you know, the cards and everything, you know, there should have been some reds when they were given yellows. Listen, from what I saw a little bit and from what I was reading, the refs were letting them play. That's what I saw. And it was a good match. That's what I'm going to leave it as. It was a good soccer match when you see it like a score like that. So congratulations to Italy again. Uh, we'll see what the World Cup brings. We'll see what Confederation Cup brings as well. So definitely looking forward to it. Uh, so where, where, where one final ends, another one also ends as well. Uh, we had the males Wimbledon final go today, as well as we had the females final go yesterday. So definitely exciting when that is going on. So again, I when I did my podcast earlier this week, I was like, oh no, Wimbledon's going on. I didn't really discuss much of it as well. So didn't really break down on Monday's episode. I looked at the quarterfinals because before, again, Wimbledon started, I was like, oh no. So I kind of kicked it in after the round of 16 is done and the quarterfinals were set, uh, especially with Shapovalov uh, being there, getting to the finals. But again, losing out to Novan Djokovic, who won the tournament as usual, now tying uh, Federer and Nadal uh, with the record for most Grand Slams in tennis for men's. So we're sitting at three guys at 20 apiece, uh, wondering who's going to break it and set the new record. It's definitely going to be interesting to see and how it all plays out, but I'll be looking uh, forward to that when that day comes. I know the world is going to be looking forward to that as well. But Djokovic won, being Berrettini, uh, four to one in sets. Uh, it definitely looked like it was uh, going to be an interesting match when you look at it here on the score sheet, but you don't really determine off of that first match. And you saw, you know, Djokovic fell in the first one, but then he goes on to win three straight matches, six four, six four, and six three. And we know how powerful Djokovic can be, and we all seen how successful he has been at Wimbledon as well, playing at that uh, court. Uh, now going over to the women's, we had uh, Barty versus Pliskova, uh, winning 2-1 in sets, uh, taking the first one 6-3, falling 7-6, and then taking the third and final one 6-3. Uh, congratulations to Barty on winning in that as well. Uh, definitely succeeding, uh, getting one of her first uh, Grand Slams there. It's uh, definitely interesting. It's definitely good to see with that. I know with men's, you're either seeing Federer, Nadal, Djokovic being there and dominating and succeeding, especially when you're seeing, hearing, and talking about three guys with 20 Grand Slams all together. Um, and the women's, the field is open. I'm not saying there isn't someone who's dominant. I'm not saying that. You still have 
uh, Williams in there who still can play very well, but you are seeing, you know, the field open and more branched out. We're hoping to see Osaka compete well, you know, but Andre Benescu, hopefully for her to compete as well, get back to her U.S. Open form. But seeing Osaka win and doing what she has been doing, especially at the U.S. Open when she won, uh, we're hoping to see that there. We know that there were some issues there uh, going on. Uh, she discussed that as well, but what I'm discussing should not take away from women's tennis. Um, but what Barty did was just remarkable, playing very well. She was incredible during this tournament. She, when you look at her previous matchups, uh, being very successful, winning it, uh, being in control very well. She won her semifinals in two straight sets. Uh, when we go back to her uh, quarterfinals, being out uh, fellow uh, Australian uh, in two straight sets. So she definitely was successful when competing. We saw her win out. She definitely had some competition, but she definitely was in control all of her matches and played very, very well. But again, again, congratulations to her and congratulations to her and Jokovic on winning uh, their uh, key respectful Grand Slams. Big day, big weekend for Wimbledon, especially when you see that success there for both. Uh, and then it's on to the Olympics now when it comes to tennis, the next big event, which is just a couple weeks away, uh, which now is going to lead to my top 10, uh, which is tonight. I know usually Saturdays, but with today's episode being Saturday's episode moving to tonight, I will be doing a top 10. Uh, top 10 tonight is top 10 Olympic events you should watch when it comes up in a couple weeks. So looking forward to that and looking forward to doing this top 10. There's a lot of fun events to talk about, but with these 10 that I chose, these are the ones that I'm definitely going to be watching and keeping an eye on uh, through those couple weeks. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. As of July 23rd, the Olympics kick off. So we are excited to see many events. We have a lot of events that are always going on that always excite everyone to see. You have rugby, you got water polo, you have swimming, you have uh, synchronized diving, you have basketball, you have soccer. A lot of things going on when it comes to the Olympics, a lot of events. But now I have 10 events here that I want to talk about that I look forward to watching that you should be looking forward to watching as well. So number 10, we're going to start off with weightlifting. Why do I have weightlifting? Well, it's kind of great to see these strong athletes pull up this weight, lift it up over their heads. Remember, the clean, the snatch, the jerk, that's basically what they're trying to do. They're trying to move this amount of weight. There are other different weight classes, but it is exciting to see uh, how strong these individuals are at that stage. Number nine, we're going with tennis. Yes, I know I just talked about Wimbledon, and it's always exciting to see because you're basically seeing the same field that you do at Wimbledon, other majors here as well. Now, whether or not some athletes are there, because I know some athletes are questioning about it, especially with the travel uh, and some restrictions, some fans or some players are not excited that fans are not going to be there as well, and that's correct. There are going to be no fans in attendance at the Olympics, which is uh tough to see but you know fans always do excited at those events and the athletes I know always feed off of that uh, but again tennis is always exciting to see when you see those same athletes competing at the majors competing for their countries and fighting for it as well uh, number eight beach and field volleyball always exciting to see uh, for men and for women number seven golf yes I am mentioning golf I'm putting it 
above volleyball. Why? Because golf was just reintroduced back into the Olympics in 2016 in Rio. That was the first event in 100 years since we've had golf. But it's good to see them come back. You're always going to see what the British are going to do. We're going to see what Canada's going to do. I'm excited for Canada, especially with Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, Brooke Henderson. What are they going to do? Can Canada medal? We'll see what Team USA does. We'll see what Team Britain does. And again, uh, will we see uh, athletes pulling out as well with the travel restrictions? But again, uh, looking forward to golf, just the feel that you'll have there as well. Uh, number six, rowing. Why not? It's it's, it's racing. You're, you're seeing the boats. You're seeing them go. And it's always exciting to see Team Canada race through it facing australia england i know it's always exciting to see the 2000 meters the singles the eights the quads having them race against each other it's always fun to see five basketball some people might think this is a little too low we're always excited to see the dream team or the new dream team or whatever you're calling it succeed at that we know usa is the team to beat but we'll see what luka Doncic can do with his team as well can they succeed as well and bring home the medal we know he wants to win we know he wants that but we're looking forward to that i know a lot of people are like well team usa just lost an upset to nigeria i'm not really worried about exhibition games worry about what's going on here can we see the excitement there because all the guys that we see that play on the same team not everyone is from the same country not all of them is from usa sadly no canada but we'll definitely be exciting to see what team usa is capable of doing you know spain can play very well we've seen south american countries play very well at the olympics we'll see how everything turns out but definitely going to be an interesting uh, setup for basketball women's soccer well we're always excited to see uh, christine sinclair and team canada do well we've seen them do very well at the last olympics and we're always excited to see what team usa can do we know they're great the world stage seeing alex morgan there we'll see what they're going to do but women's soccer is always exciting to see swimming always great to see that seeing how fast they move through the water whether it's the 100 the 50 meter 200 or the relay always excited to see that track why not why not talk about track trying to see the fastest humans run on the ground uh whether it's the 200 the 1500 uh any 800 meter race 400 meter the one thing that's going to be exciting is when it comes to this year andre de grasse is the only person for the 100 meter that is competing in this olympics that competed in rio remember usain bolt has retired so he's not going to be competing so can andre de grasse be the new fastest man in the world be that new olympic champion that we're looking forward to see and lastly my number one event that you should watch uh, gymnastics We'll see what Simone Dial does. She's definitely, you know, the favorite to dominate. We saw her do extremely well in 2016. We've seen two, Team USA do extremely well. We've seen Canada do very well at this stage too. Uh, we've seen the world. We've seen how exciting gymna gymnastics can be, especially uh, on the floor routines, the beam, the vaults. That's always fun to watch is the vaults uh, just because the routines and the, the movements that they come up with it as well. But those are my 10 events uh, that you should watch when it comes to the Olympics. Again, July 23rd, a couple weeks away. I know it's not going to be the same. I know we wish we could have fans there. I know it's going to be tough, uh, but we're hopefully that Canadian athletes do very well at this. I'm excited for it. I know you should be excited for it as well. Uh, but we'll see how everything goes. We'll see how the athletes react. Because I know some athletes... Um, they're instructed just to go there, compete in your events, and go. So you're not even going to have like, your teammates there to support you as well in the stand. So 
that's going to be a tough one. Uh, but definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be an exciting couple weeks. Uh, but we'll see how Canada does. Let's hope that this is a year where Canada does medal very well. Or medals a lot. We definitely want to bring home the golds in all the events that we partake. So... Uh, remember, again, July 23rd, that's when the Olympics kick off. So looking forward to that, and make sure you check out the, the events that I will be checking out as well. So the NBA Finals is going on. Uh, game 3 is going on as right now as we're recording it. I mentioned that earlier on in the episode. Uh, we have the Milwaukee Bucks going against the Phoenix Suns. And right now the Suns are out to a 2 nothing lead uh, in the Finals. Listen, I expect this to be a battle between. I do have the Suns winning in 6, and I still stand by that. But the Suns have been playing lights out. They have been playing extremely, extremely well in these first two games. Now, benefit, they are playing at home. Uh, but Devin Booker has been playing lights out. Chris Paul played extremely well in that first game, leading them to that W. But you're, you're seeing how well this team is. And Giannis, he is playing well. Um, but it's the rest of the team that's going to do it. Remember, depth is always key and important when winning uh, your championships. And right now, those pieces that have helped him before when he was gone – are not doing it again. Middleton has struggled in the first two games. Uh, Drew Holiday, he's done well, but not really doing much. Now, I shouldn't really hit on Chris Middleton. He shot 27 uh, on his first day and played very well. But again, Giannis, game two, shot 42. The others did not really uh, contribute. And it's not just him, it's the rest of the team. Lopez has to step up as well, contribute. You know, the bench has to be there too. Uh, but Phoenix is playing very well, and they're definitely falling behind the leadership of Chris Paul, but the play of Devin Booker, who has been playing lights out and very consistent in these finals. Um, but tonight it's going to be hopefully different. I'm not really getting a chance to watch it right now as we're speaking. Um, I do have the Bucks winning uh, tonight because I still stand by them winning it. Uh, tonight in that game three, make it interesting, but I still have Phoenix winning in six. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, right now the score is 98-76 for the Suns. Now the Suns are in Milwaukee, so different environment, different set of play. So we'll see how they bounce back. We'll see if they need a comeback as well. It could be interesting fourth quarter. The third just ended, so we'll see how that plays out. And I'll discuss um, the rest of the game. Uh, in the rest of the finals on uh, next weekend's episode. I'll discuss about other episodes as well uh, for the podcast. Um, but definitely looking like in this matchup. We're, I'm definitely what Giannis is doing and everything. He's playing very well. The knee looks like it was kind of hindering him in the first game, but it looks like he found a step in game two with the 42. But again, Phoenix is playing very well. Game three, well, we'll see. Like I said, I need to watch the remainder of it to see what Phoenix does. This might just be a game where Milwaukee just runs away with it. They are playing very well. They are playing extremely well. Um, the scores just show that Phoenix has been the better team, but you know what? Milwaukee can step it up. We'll see if this is the rebound game, and maybe this pushes it to uh, an even series uh, when we get to game four. We'll see if Milwaukee can feed off of this W. But I am liking on how this playoff series is playing out. I'm enjoying it. Uh, definitely watching Phoenix is just electric and how well they're moving the ball, taking it and shooting it. But you know what? I'm still voting for a Suns victory for the NBA Finals. Sorry, Milwaukee fans. I, I know you want Giannis and them to win. And I praise Giannis for signing that big deal and staying with the team that drafted him to win. That's I like those types of players. Not going around to other teams and trying to chase him. 
uh, Damian Lillard, you know, Kyle Lowry staying in Toronto trying to win again. Uh, there are a lot of players who want to win with the organizations that gave them. I get it. There are super teams, but I give respect to Giannis wanting to stay in Milwaukee and finish what he has started. So good on him for that as well. We'll see you again uh, on the next episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll definitely discuss the remainder of Game 3, possibly Game 4 as well, and how the series has played out. But it's definitely going to be an exciting one. I am liking the finals. Again, Suns and Six. And that's what I'm calling it as, Suns and Six. So... Definitely going to be a great final. So, again, I'll discuss uh, Game 3 on the next episode of the podcast. Well, that's it for tonight's episode of the podcast. Uh, Definitely been an interesting week with the finals with Wimbledon, Euro Cups, NBA, NHL finals all going on. We're also getting close to the MLB All-Star Game, which I will be discussing uh, with that next weekend. Uh, Definitely going to be a lot of fun. So, a little change uh, for the episode schedule this week. I know last night was Saturday and I usually do my episode in my top tens that day with my picks and I did it today. Uh, so tomorrow there's going to be no episode, no Monday night episode. I will discuss and catch up on everything a little bit with my special on Wednesday. Uh, but again, doing the special on Wednesday with about the British Open as we're getting everything ready to go. A lot of key things in that episode as well. I'll definitely be talking about how the Open is, definitely about the players pulling out as well, because there have been some restrictions for uh, this tournament, definitely tougher restrictions than what we're seeing here in North America, well, more in the United States, we haven't had a PGA tournament yet in Canada uh, due to our restrictions, but we'll discuss that more on Wednesday's episode of the podcast, I'll catch up a little bit on uh, the NBA series with the finals, I'll note that in the episode, but I will be mostly talking about the British Open, um, everything, the history, the tournament, the St. George, again, the players, the rules, all that. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun to talk about. I always do enjoy doing those specials for the podcast because um, it's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people do enjoy uh, the British Open. And again, this is the first British Open that we're seeing here uh, in two years. That's that's what's great. It's the first one in two years. Um, so again, I will be discussing, uh, the all-star game, uh, next weekend. It is on Tuesday, home run derby and everything's going on tomorrow. Uh, so definitely going to be looking into that. Maybe I'll do an additional episode plus the special. Maybe, uh, maybe I will do Mondays tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, actually, no. Next Saturday, because I do have other stuff going on. So next Saturday, I'll be recapping uh, the All-Stars, the Home Run Derby, catching up on Major League Baseball, as we're already at the halfway point of the season of the All-Star break, looking at the standings, everything as well. That was my plan tonight, but had a lot of stuff to catch up on, so looking forward to that. So again, uh, MLB All-Star is uh, kicking off this week. It's on the 13th, Tuesday. Home Run Derby uh, is tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Uh, so lots of stuff to cover next Saturday. Also catching up on the beginning of the British Open. Might have a little bit more of a discussion about the All-Stars on Wednesday's episode, but I want to keep that mostly about uh, the British Open because it's always a lot of fun. So a lot of stuff happening again is this week. I know it's just NBA Finals, but we're at the midway point of baseball. We're going to catch up on the standings, players, everything, each team that I'm liking. So Look forward to that. So it might be a little bit more of a baseball-focused episode next Saturday. So do tune into that. And again, tune into Wednesday, British Open, as we get ready for the fourth and final major of the season. 
you know, that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, the history, the game, everything, you know, a lot of stuff going on this year, especially with travel restrictions. So definitely going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, this is a big event with the biggest, ma- this is the last major, plus it's the next big event before, you know, the Olympics as well. Remember, golf, the Olympics, we'll see how that plays out as well. But definitely looking forward to how everything's going to be going forward. So, again, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Uh, again, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday as we get ready for the British Open. Like, I just went on a little spiel about that. And then next Saturday, new top 10, top 5 picks. Uh, so, lots of stuff uh, to discuss uh, next weekend as I catch up on the remainder of the week in the world of sports. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Uh, enjoy your week. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,